Hey, it's Ian Altman. Before we dive into this week's episode, do me a favor and stop by and visit GiversEdge.com. There are only a few gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and they were all sourced by the ruling group who you can find at GiversEdge.com. Hey, it's Ian Altman. You're in for a treat today. If you want to get twice as much done with half the effort, then you need to tune in for this episode with the Aussie powerhouse herself, Neen James, author of Folding Time. Organizations like Comcast, Cisco, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, BMW come to Neen to help their teams better focus their time and attention on the tasks and the activities that matter most and giving people back their lives with their families. We're going to talk specifically about the great misconceptions in time management and give you very actionable steps you can take to improve performance and outcomes in your life and your business. You're going to learn a ton from Neen James. Neen James, welcome. G'day, what a treat to be here with you. You know, people should know that you are one of my favorite people on the planet. If you ever have a chance to meet Neen, she is just the personification of positive energy. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be able to hang out with you. So tell everybody something. I mean, I gave your intro, but give everybody something surprising they may not know about you. Okay, so I know I sound like I'm five, and I have aspirations of being five feet one day. That's probably never (laughs) going to happen. But what people won't know about me is while I may look all very corporate-y, I am actually the proud owner of 10 tattoos. Proud owner of 10 tattoos. Yeah, so on this little body of mine, this ever-expanding body of mine, I have several tattoos. All right. Well, you know what? That's something that now we'll have to post photographs and um, ah, people no, can guess. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so I mean, the reason the reason why I've asked you to to be on is I know that so many businesses, when they're trying to grow their business, when they've got different challenges they're facing. Their single greatest complaint is, well, I don't have enough time. We don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do that. And then they focus on this notion of something called time management. So Mm -hmm. what are the – as an expert in this area, what are the biggest misconceptions or mistakes that you see people make when it comes to how they manage their time? Well, the first thing is calling it time management. Time management is out the window. Nobody manages time. Time's going to happen whether you like it or not. Time doesn't care if you're older or younger. It doesn't care what's printed on your business card. We all get 1,440 minutes in a day. So when people think they can manage their time, that's not true. What they can do is manage their attention. They can treat time differently. And I think one of the mistakes that people make is they have they blame time. Have you ever heard phrases like, well, I'm going to kill time? Or Ian, people say, I don't have time. Well, that's rubbish because everyone has time. We all get blessed with the same amount of time. It's how we invest it. So I think we have to think about our language around time, Ian, and we have to reframe it. So you won't ever hear me say, I don't have time. What you'll hear me say is, I didn't choose to spend time on that. And sales leaders, executives, whoever is listening to this, you'll know that It's really easy to say, I don't have time, but that's not true. You do. A better choice of words is, I didn't choose to spend time on that. You know, I love love how you say that because I very often will explain to people when they say to me, well, you know, the client says that they don't have budget or the client says they don't have the time (laughs) to allocate to this. What I always say is, trust me, they have money and they have time. 
they're actually just choosing not to spend it with you. And, and if you can help reframe as to why they should, then they might shift their priorities. So, so where are the areas that people tend to mistakenly recapture that time, if you will? So what choices do you see people making that may seem like a good idea up front, but often don't produce the results they're looking for? People are really driven by that instant sense of satisfaction. So they look at their inbox and they think, I'm just going to get all this email done. Well, the challenge with answering all your email is you'll never get to the bottom of your email. So just even thinking you will is diluted. But what they're doing is they're just crossing little things off their list. And they'll look at their to-do list and they'll think, I'll just get these little things done. Well, the challenge with that, Ian, is that when you just focus on some of those little things that make you feel good, you get that little instant satisfaction. The reality is often people are trading in the small for the bigger results. And so what we have to be more disciplined at in as leaders with our time is understanding what activities is going to give us the highest return on our time investment. So what I want people to think about when they're listening to this is it feels good to get emails cleared. Oh, believe me, I love crossing things off my list like everyone else does, but that doesn't always give us the results we need. So we've got to look at time differently and think, is this the best use of my time right now? And that's a question I actually have posted on my desk. So if I am thinking of going down the rabbit hole of email or, you know, another big time waster is meetings, we think I'll just, you know, I'll schedule a meeting about that. Well, maybe that's not a really good use of time. Meetings can be hyper productive, but they can also be the biggest productivity killer we have. So, Thinking differently about time will make you so much more impactful. You'll have more influence. So instead of if you're going to, let's say meetings, for example, Ian, instead of calling a 60-minute meeting, could you call a 30-minute meeting and have it virtually as opposed to bringing everyone together? And that way you're actually allowing people to save time by not traveling or save time from not having to be in the same place. And the moment that we have our meetings, the more impactful they become. So I think it's just about knowing all the little tricks and hacks when it comes to time. Yep. So, and, and that notion of, of how you schedule your meetings more productively, very often for there, there's a small number of strategic clients I work with each quarter and I'll periodically sit in on their sales meetings. And what's always amazing to me, and almost every company does this the same way, they sit around the table and they say, okay, so uh, so Sally, tell me about um, what you have in your pipeline. And Sally, oh. they, they bring up on the screen the pipeline, and Sally <laughs> reads what's on the screen. It's crazy. It's just so crazy. And meetings can be so powerful. In one of our books that we wrote called Folding Time, How Do You Achieve Twice As Much in Half the Amount of Time? We talk about the fact that with meetings, when they're done well, they can truly be phenomenal. But what we need to do is we need to get better and more creative and we have to understand the cost of that meeting. And you know this, Ian, because you're an expert in sales. But if we calculated the cost of all those salespeople in that particular leadership meeting and what it's costing to have them not just in that room, but all of the costs of the sales we're not getting, that is an expensive meeting. And I'd encourage listeners to think about what's the cost of hosting that meeting? And is there a a cheaper, quicker, faster, better way of doing it? Now, getting people together face-to-face is powerful 
and important. But as leaders, we have to get more creative in the way when we bring people together, we need to value their time. But more importantly, we have to value their attention because our attention is the greatest thing we can give someone. And right now in the world we live in, people are so overwhelmed, they're overstressed and they're overtired and they're massively distracted. Well, I love that. So the, the greatest gift we can give to them is our attention. And and I'm curious in your feedback on this. This is one of one of the suggestions that I make to senior executives and sales leaders is this is look, for your meetings, what I want you to think about is what if you asked your team to say, Look, I want you to send me a report or send me a link to the report that shows what you've got going on. And I want you to Mm -hmm. send me a brief note on the three or four things where you might need my help or somebody else's help that you want to discuss in the meeting and everything else I can read on my own. I don't, if I have a question, I can fire it back to you, but we don't need to all sit in a room where I ask you. So you see, you met with them, had the meeting go. It went well. Oh, great. I'm glad everyone was here to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. I love your advice of narrowing it down. And I would always encourage people to think about things in threes. You know, triads, the idea of doing things in threes is very powerful, not only for the brain and the way that we remember, but it actually makes it easier for people to process. So if you think about as a sales leader, can you bring your top three accounts or your top three areas you need help? Or what are your top three competitors doing? If you can think about things differently, the whole team benefits from that. One of the sales teams I work with, I ask them to not only bring updates for what they're working on, but what are their competitors doing? And we asked each of them to take a competitor and do an analysis of their particular products and services that were being offered to start educating the sales team on what other competitors are doing. See, what we need to do is we need to get more clever in a world where everything is available online. We need to really differentiate ourselves. And the way that we do that is through how we invest our time and attention. So, Neen, when you talk about this notion of folding time, what do you mean? I think time management out the window, and I've alluded to this in our conversation already today, I think the old way of managing time used to work before we had email, before we had the internet, before we had social media, but times have changed. And so it's not just about managing time. While it's important to have a really good relationship with time and to understand how you work best, I think it's really the new conversation is about attention. Where are you actually investing your attention? And then what energy do you bring? So to me, folding time is about time, attention, and energy. It's about managing the workflow and filtering your decisions so that you you have more impact in the things you invest in and you're a person of integrity who does what they say they're going to do. That's what I believe folding time is. And in the book on page 27, we have a contextual model that outlines that for people. It's not just about time anymore. It's about that combination of time, attention and energy. That's what's going to make the impact. Yeah. So that notion of time, attention, and energy. So what are some of the steps? Because we, we talked about what people do wrong, which is they, they start focusing on individual tasks and the trivial tasks that may not matter. But they can check it off and say, ooh, and I picked up my dry cleaning. Well, guess what? The dry cleaning isn't going to help you make your numbers. But I'm glad you got your dry cleaning out of the way. Or, well, you know, I prepped dinner. Well, that's great. But, you know, you could have done that an hour from now. And it would have made a difference. But – the right. client who was leaving at three, you called them at four thirty, kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So, so what are right. some of the steps that people can take? And I know that in folding time, you've got a tip for every day 
for every week of the year, rather, that says, here are different things you can use to fold time right. and be more productive. But what are, some yeah. of the, what are some of the big things that people should be focused on? I think we need to look at time differently, Ian. Instead of asking for an hour, let's look at time in 15-minute increments. 15 minutes is the key to productivity. No matter who I work with, I know you can conquer the world in 15 minutes. We can have standing meetings in 15 minutes. We can conquer email in 15 minutes. Every business development call I do, you can guarantee it's only 15 minutes. 15 minutes is the key to productivity. So the first thing around time is look at time differently. Now, in saying that, I'd also encourage everyone who's listening to this, create a 15-minute appointment with yourself every single day. At the top of the day, identify your top three not negotiable activities, meaning what are the three things that are really going to drive your business or your performance forward today? They're your not negotiables. I have a deal with myself that I have to complete those three things before my head hits the pillow tonight. Now, I have a super fancy way of managing them. I've tried every app, spreadsheet, you name it, I've tried it. And my super fancy way of doing it is I write those three things on a post-it note and I carry it with me all day. The now, Ian, at, the reason the way, is a post-it note. By the way, the people at 3M are going to be so happy to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they should be a sponsor. Good idea, right? Exactly. What's interesting, <laughs> a post-it note Here's the thing, a post-it note I can carry everywhere with me. I can mark them off as I'm done. But here's the secret. It's a decision filtering system. So each time I want to waste time or when I get distracted, I look at those three things and I get a choice around whether I'm going to move those particular things forward or whether I'm going to waste time. So the first thing when it comes to folding time is think of time differently. 15-minute increments Make a 15-minute strategic appointment with yourself. Identify your top three not negotiables and create a format that works for you to make sure they get done. It's instant prioritization as well. What it's going to also help you with is your attention, where you focus your attention. What we have to get better at is not being so distracted. You know, we all joke about the bright, shiny object and squirrel. Oh, my God, there's something else. And social media has changed that, email has changed that, but we've allowed that to happen. I'd encourage you to turn off every kind of notification, sound, bell, whistle, anything that gets your attention. I also, <laughs> I personally subscribe to apps that block everything out. So I use an app called Freedom. It's a fantastic software you can attach it to your phone or your Mac or whatever, but basically what it does is it's a time-blocking software. So I set it up and say block out all social media sites, block out all shopping sites, whatever it is that I think I'm going to be distracted by. I set a timer and it allows me to do hyper-focused work. So if you want to manage your attention, look at ways to do that. If you find you're a person who instead of making those prospecting calls, you are on Facebook looking at everyone's holiday photos, what you want to do is you want to think, okay, what I'll do is I'm going to make these five calls. I'm going to block all those social media sites until those calls are done. And then maybe the social media is a treat, but we've got to look at our attention differently now. So I want you to think about if you're a person who gets distracted easily, can you set up your environment for success? Can you remove the clutter from your line of sight? Can you turn off all of the apps, the bells, the whistles, the distractions that you get to focus your attention? And the other thing you want to think about is the energy that you bring into your day. And while this is not about sleep and nutrition, and I certainly can't give any good advice around that, 
We all know that when we are operating in our most healthiest self, we bring our best self to work. That means our family gets our best self. It means we turn up differently in our community. We have a responsibility as leaders to take care of ourselves. That might mean a 15-minute walk. It might mean making a healthy meal in 15 minutes. It might mean subscribing to a cooking service to deliver a meal to you each, each day. But what we've got to get clever about is we need to think about the resources that we have how we're going to invest those resources so that we have the ability to do the best work we can. You mentioned dry cleaning and I giggle because I have my dry cleaning picked up on a Monday and dropped off on a Thursday. And so for me, I found a dry cleaner who's organic and they will pick up and deliver, which means I never have to leave when it comes to dry cleaning. We've got to get clever in about outsourcing our life. Identify what you're really good at and find people to help you with the others. Uh, So, and and that's that's where I, I can tell you that when it comes to the world of Amazon and delivery, <laughs> it, it's so funny because someone someone will say to me like you know I was I was printing something the other day and my laser printer said oh this it's a color laser printer this toner cartridge is low, and so I literally it's funny I'm sitting in front of multiple computers and I pulled up my phone pulled up the Amazon app and mm-hmm. ordered the toner and just sit you know click you know buy now. Yep. And and someone who works with me said, Well, but you know, did you shop? Did you shop? Is that the best price? And I said, I don't know, but it'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> like it's, I, I assume it is, but guess what? I'm done with that. Like I don't need to work. They said, Well, how many more pages do you think are left on that toner? I said, I don't know. But I know that I'm gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's See, going to be here tomorrow. Example of people focusing on little things. Now, what we need to be conscious of is people who are listening to this might have different income levels, budgets. They might have different associations with money, and that's all great. If you're starting out and you're listening to this podcast and you can't even imagine outsourcing your life, one of the things I did when I first moved from Australia to the U.S., I had no business, no clients, no money to pay for my shoe collection. I bartered my time for other people's expertise. So I said, I'll help you with this if you help me with that. So you might be able to barter time. You might be able to get your kids picked up by another parent and you guys split the routes instead of you always being the person who does it. Or you might be able to barter time with someone in in the business. If you hate doing spreadsheets, but you're really good at PowerPoint, maybe you could barter for them to help you with the spreadsheet and you do their PowerPoint. We have to get more clever about the way we use our time and attention. We need to know where we're really good and then where possible outsource or barter other activities. That's brilliant. So by the way, just I want to recap for people just real quickly, this notion of think of time differently. And I love that notion of the 15 minute increments because mm-hmm. now it's something where if you carve out that 15 minutes for yourself to identify your top three priorities and look, I'm not going to sleep until that gets done. That's great. Internally in my business, we use Slack and I actually have everybody on the team puts in, here's, here's what I'm focused on today to get done and where I might need help. And I can tell you right now that starting tomorrow, it's going to be just identify your top three things you're looking to get done. Yes. Because beyond that, it's really irrelevant and it allows people to prioritize. Right. So that's great advice. And um, and the people at 3M who will undoubtedly be sponsoring this episode now, um, they, um, <laughs> you know, using a post-it note works great if you prefer to use the uh, the paper uh, the paper metaphor. <laughs> so so what are what are some other things that that people can do? Because I'm sure that there are people who set out with the best of intentions 
to reprioritize and to choose where they spend their time more wisely. Where, what are the gremlins that, that are the traps for people that you see? You know, I think what happens is we get distracted by things that aren't important. And by that, I mean, if some, if you have a family or a partner that you share your life with, if something happens to them, like they get uh, ill or something unfortunate happens, all of a sudden, you know what your priorities are. But what I don't want for listeners is for them to be sitting beside a hospital bed or at the funeral of a friend before they realize what's important. I think what happens is we allow life to take over. We allow people to steal our minutes. We accept meetings we shouldn't. We reply to emails we don't need to. And so we're giving our time and attention away to other people without knowing what's really important. What I'd encourage people to do is when you listen to this podcast, to sit down with yourself for 15 minutes and identify what's really, really important to you. What are those focus areas that deserve your time, that deserve your attention? And then start to set free the things that don't. The most powerful word you'll ever hear is no. And I think we need to be able to say no nicely, but we need to say no to things that don't matter so we can say yes to the things that do. And so what happens is often we're saying yes to everyone else, which means we're actually saying no to ourselves. So what do you need to say no to? What meetings do you need to decline? What emails do you need to stop responding to? What chores do you need to stop doing so that you can say yes to spending more time with people that you care about, more time with your sales team, more time with your clients? What we need to be super conscious of is what we're saying yes to. So one of the traps people fall into is they say yes to everything. They get yeah. scared of saying no because they want to be seen as a team player or they want to. They don't want to offend someone. They don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They have to get better at saying no. Yeah, Derek Coburn, who wrote "Networking Is Not Working," and runs this um, this kind of networking or peer advisory group, if you will, in the Washington D.C. area called Cadre. Derek actually has, I forget how many, you know, fifteen or twenty different text snippets for different ways of saying no in a nice way. And literally it's like, Oh, thank you so much for inviting on your podcast, but I've got this other thing going. So I just can't commit to it right now. And in each right. case, it's not, Oh, I can't do it, but let's reschedule because then you're just kicking the can down the road. Right. Instead it's, I'm so flattered. That's fantastic. At this point, I can't even consider doing it. It's not something where I can choose to spend my time, but mm -hmm. I'm very flattered that you asked, and um, and I'll certainly reach out to you in the future if my situation changes. Right. <laughs> Which is just, it's you know, it's, yeah, you don't you have to be rude to about it. Nicely. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to be rude about it. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's making sure that, that people can actually – Get those things done. There now. You've got these daily tips for um, for people, and here's a productivity tip for every week to help you full time. That's in the book, and there's some of them that I absolutely just love, and I'd love for you to share some insight on them. So one of them is this idea of when you're heading to a meeting and you're in the elevator, what you should do as you're going to the meeting, and what you should do on the way coming out. <laughs> goes back to time and attention, doesn't it? So if you get in the elevator and you switch your phone to silent, it's your trigger that says, now this person deserves my attention. And then you don't get in that weird, awkward space of your phone going off in an important meeting. And then it allows you to focus in on that particular person. 
In the same way, when you get back into the elevator and you switch it back on, it means, okay, I've done with that meeting or that particular individual. Now I can focus on the next thing. We need to create triggers in our life. So another easy hack or a trigger is when you walk through your front door on your way to work, if you leave for a particular role, you say, okay, that was home. Now I'm going to work. And then you get into work mode. But in the same respect, when you go into your home, when you walk through your door at nighttime, you think that was work. Now I'm home. Now my husband and I, my honey, who I've been married for like my whole life. (laughs) And, um, We have this great kind of understanding that all conversations finish in the garage, meaning that if I'm on a conference call and it's the end of the day, I finish it in my car if I need to, so that when I walk through the door, I can see him and say hi if he's home and we're not traveling, but then he gets my attention. And I think what happens is we walk into our homes on our cell phones and we we take for granted the people we share our lives with when they deserve our attention. They've been missing us today. They're so excited we're home. And so we need to have those triggers. Now, if, for example, you have little people and then you put them to bed and then you choose to do some work at night, that's your choice. But what I want you to think about is what triggers do you need to put in your life so that you can be more productive and focused in those moments? You see, the reason I'm so obsessed with getting to pay attention is I want people to create more significant moments that matter. Ian, it's about doing the significant things. It's not just about checking things off a list or clearing an inbox or sitting in a meeting not sitting in traffic. It's about creating significant moments that matter and making the most of the moments. I say that in all my keynotes all the time, you know, as a keynote speaker, I'm always sharing with audiences, make the most of this moment because here's what happens, Ian, you never get it again. It's gone. That's the thing with time. Once you spend it, you don't get it back. Now, the beauty of 15 minutes, Ian, is you can make time. You can get up earlier for 15 minutes. You can go to bed later for 15 minutes. Everyone can find or create 15 minutes. But if I start to ask you to get up an hour earlier or go to bed an hour later, that's really tough. So I think we need to make the most of those moments and we need to make those moments matter. Brilliant. And we're going to end it at that. So, Neen, how can people learn more about folding time and how can they find you online? So neenjames.com, N-E-E-N-J-A-M-E-S.com is always the easiest place to play with me. Uh, Social media, I'm the only Neen James that you'll find. You can see my books and hundreds of blogs you can download for free. But what I'd love to do for your listeners, Ian, is why don't I give them a sample of folding time? So if you want to pop that in the show notes, I'd be delighted to do that for your listeners. Absolutely. We will definitely do that. And I've got just a volume of notes here. And I'll try and boil it down to the top three so that I'm uh, focused on those triads, Neen. But thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. (laughs) It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. And I really appreciate you for sharing some of your time with us. It was my absolute privilege. Thank you for what you do. You make such a big impact for your listeners. And I know your clients adore you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Neen. Thank you for taking the time to subscribe to this and share it with your friends and colleagues. It really makes a big difference. Let me give you the 30-second recap of the key things I think you can take away and use in your business right away. First, remember, time doesn't care. This isn't about whether you have time or not. You're choosing where to spend your time. It's a very empowering mindset. The next two things are critical, and we've already started using them successfully in my business. First, break your calendar into 15-minute increments. And then second, start each day with a list of the top three most important things for you to accomplish. 
and focus on those, not the little things that you check off to make you feel better. If there's a guest you think we should have on the show, if there's a topic you want me to cover, please let me know. Send me a note at ian at ianaltman.com because this show gets its direction from you, the listener. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer.